podcast for those who suffer, which is everyone. It's a space where we can speak honestly about what it feels like to be in desolate places without losing hope. Welcome to In the Thicket. In our current hookup culture, dating can be really difficult. Even the idea of dating is baffling in a lot of ways. What is it? What does it look like? Well, this week, Danica McKinnon is our guest, and she shares all about her experience as a young adult Catholic woman in bringing the dating project to her parish. We hope you enjoy. All right. Hey, everybody. Hey. Hello. How's it going? Um, I am Nicole, just to like reintroduce ourselves. And then we also have a lovely guest here today. If you're watching this on YouTube, you will already know this. But if you're listening, you haven't heard her speak yet. So this is... Anyways, okay. Hi, I'm Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Nicole. I live in Nashville. Um, I'm Canadian though. Um, But Mm -hmm. yeah, that's me. How about you, Erin? Who are you? Uh, I'm Erin. I am a consecrated virgin living in Ottawa, but was consecrated in Toronto. And I love coffee. Uh, that's <laughs> nice. How about you, uh, Rachel? <laughs> Who are you? I'm Rachel, and I'm uh, living in Oak. Every time we do this, I just draw a blank. I'm Rachel, and then I just my brain literally because <laughs> you've been goes, moving around. Yeah, blank. That's, that's right. right. I just got back from Texas to almost two weeks, less than two weeks ago, um, and I just yeah, I went to mass like late today. I had a late time, like a noon mass today, and it was it was nice. I had a sleep in, you know. So. Mm. I don't know if I'm like make less sense or more. You know, sometimes you have a sleep and you're like, I think I'm more stupid than yes. if I had yeah. woken up earlier. Your body is like, sleep. I remember this. This is great. Yeah. Let's do it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're just tired of- the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. happy. Tired, but happy. Nice. And then we have with us Danica McKinnon. Danica, do you want to like, just like real quick introduce yourself and we'll, we'll, you can share your whole story later, but. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, my name's Danica. I also live in Ottawa, like Aaron. And yeah, I'm married and expecting my first baby. So that's Yay, a little <laughs> And Danica used to work for Net Ministries of Canada. So probably lots of people who listen might be familiar with Net. So how, how many years did you work with them, Danica? So I actually also currently work with them. I worked with oh, them you are for still. four years from 2011 to 2015. And mm-hmm. then I started again with them part-time while I study uh, in 2020. So I'm still working with them part-time. So sweet. Cool. Yeah. Nice. And what are that's you studying fun. again, Danica? Business management. I'm in my last semester. Oh, that's exciting. Perfect timing, eh? For like marriage and pregnancy and baby. Like, that is good. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, okay. Here's, I was curious. I've been, um, you guys, I'm wondering what you're all reading right now, but the caveat of that is that I'm a terrible reader. Like mm. you'd think, cause I'm an academic and all this stuff that I would be like a good reader. I'm not, this is how, like, this is how I read novels. I, I read them too quickly. And if, if there's any part that I find like the least bit boring, I just skim, but like not intentionally, I just kind of do it. So if I actually want to read an entire book, I've gotten sometimes at the end of books and, and where it's like, wait, what? what is this? And had to read the book again to actually get what's going on. So it takes me three runs of a book to actually like read the whole thing, which in some ways is nice because yeah, you really, and it's like, it's still new every time because I didn't actually read it properly the first time, Mm -hmm. but um, I love that. Yeah. What about you guys? Are you, is there anything you're reading right now? I can, I can relate to you actually about the skimming. I like, which is funny because I have a lit degree and like, I'm like an arts person. So like really reading is a big part of my life, but I, yeah, I think because of that, I like do a lot of skim reading, but I'm, I kind of know for the most part when it's like really an important thing and not an important thing. Right. So I tend to have mm-hmm. like decent scanning, right? Know, like subconscious scanning antenna thing. Right. So anyways, right. I do skim read, but yeah, I, I I'm reading, I'm actually doing a Bible in the year thing with a couple of um, family members, but not the Father Mike Schmitz one, which I've heard amazing things about. Not because I didn't want to do it, but we just wanted to read it, I guess, ourselves. So, um, so one of us like got this program, and we're going through it like each day, nice. in different section. So I'm doing that, hmm. and yeah, so that's pretty Catholic. Believe. What are you I What know. are you reading right now? Oh, the Bible, you know, <laughs> the, the Holy Bible. Scriptures. Yeah. The reason is because, like, have I read the Bible a whole ton outside of like the daily readings? 
let's be honest, not really. And that's really <laughs> bad because I'm studying theology people. Mm. So I'm like, I right. really, I got to get on, get onto this whole reading the Bible thing. You know, mm-hmm. that's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. What yeah. about you, Erin? Well, um, so I'm going to go later today to chapters because I've been mm-hmm. reading. So there's this book called, um, I, I looked it up so I could have the actual title. It's called Cynical Theories, How Activist Scholarship Made Everything About Race, Gender, and uh, and Identity and Why This Harms Everybody. So this is a very long title anyways, but it's about like things like um, like critical race theory, queer theory, um, colonialism, like all of those cut like it, but it's very good. Like I found that it's, they're super academic. And so they're mm-hmm. looking at things from a very researched, which is really good. But for some reason, I thought this would be good bedtime reading, which is... <sighs> Very not. So like reading a, a chapter, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> bedtime. And I, so anyways, I'm going to go get a book to read from chapters. I really like kind of historical fiction stuff, mm-hmm. um, especially like World War II kind of era, things mm-hmm. like that. Like, I love that kind of stuff, like the Tattooist of Auschwitz or things like that are really good. Uh, so I'm going to go get something of that and that I will <laughs> read at bedtime and then I'll save cynical theories for like Some daytime morning, some other and I'm time. functioning. That's yeah, correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. How about you didn't... read though? Oh, it is. Yeah. Honestly, it's really good. I would highly recommend it because I read yeah. it also with, Check there's a book called, called um, White Fragility by mm-hmm, Robin DiAngelo mm-hmm. that was very popular. So it's kind of like a, a bit like, of a response to that and to all kind of theory and postmodernism in general. So yeah. Interesting. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Yeah. Good. Yeah. How about you, Danica? What are you reading? Yeah, so as a student, I don't have a lot of time for extra reading, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, uh, I am reading a book right now called Made for This. It's like a Catholic mom's guide to birth. So if you mm-hmm. read yeah. me, and it's like theology based, and she's also, I think she's a doula, the author who wrote it. So oh, cool. coming at birth from a Catholic perspective and like a yeah holistic mm. body, mind, soul, all of it. Huh. That's that awesome. That I keep great. thinking back of one of my friends who collected a list of, of people. I can't remember if I talked about this on the podcast before or not, but anyway, she collected a list of people and prayer intentions, and then she had it for when, for every single contraction, she would offer it up for a different oh, thing. Like her oh. husband would tell her, okay, next is da 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 And oh so then gosh. every one of them, isn't that's like intense. Yeah. That's like, very purposeful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very purposeful. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't that's think funny. that's for everybody, but no. man, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Hey, I didn't share what book I'm reading. I'm actually, so oh, I yeah. am reading a book though, <laughs> yeah. despite my, my protestations. Uh, so I'm reading a book. I'm looking over here because it's somewhere over there. I think it maybe went under my bed. Anyway, um, it's a book. Oh no, it's right here. Look, I can show you. It's called Gilead by Marianne Robinson. Okay. It's really good. It's really beautiful. It uh, won the Pulitzer Prize actually. Oh, cool. Um, but I... Um, yeah, it's just like a story of this old preacher in an American U.S. small town. It's fiction. Um, mm-hmm. and he's, he's old, but he got married and had one son and he knows that he's going to kind of die before his son, uh, is mm-hmm. very old. And so he's writing like just things that he wants his son to know. And it's kind of like a reflection on life and also reflection on things that happen currently that are surprising and different things like that. So wow, it's that's cool. Lovely. Just, yeah, yeah. It's really lovely. I should also say, I just remembered that I'm also reading uh, a murder mystery called Death Comes to Pemberley. And it's essentially, I don't know if you guys heard of P.D. James, but she's like a very popular like murder mystery. She's written like a lot of murder mysteries. Mm. And uh, yeah, and it's it's basically like life after the Pride and Prejudice, Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. Like there's a murder that happens in their like lives after. And it's just kind of fun. Mm. It's just silly. It's like Jane Austen fanfic or kind of. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) but it's like a really well-established murder mystery author was just kind of like, I'm going to write a fan fiction book about. That's hilarious. Okay, that's cool. It's so funny. I don't know why, but sometimes I alternate between like, like I read um, Brothers Karamazov by Dostoevsky Mm. and then twilight again like i love these, it like this, i love so, it that's what you got balance right i know yeah, right? That's right partly honestly though like i'm gonna say it 
I enjoy Twilight more, like those kind of books that really did. <laughs> then, then the brothers care about like self reading. Yeah, like yeah, I being honest. I know, you know I know. I love your honesty, Erin. Well, you know, it's just probably also because I feel like I should be reading something worthwhile and that is like a classic. Right. Um, which I guess Twilight might be in like fifty years. So I we'll uh, I don't know. I'm you gonna know, just. Say, I'm just going to take this conversation and we'll just talk about something else now. This is going to, you know. <laughs> we'll see why it'll certainly go down in his face. That's right. right. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. That's, that's cool. Thanks for sharing. A lot of, this is like a, all these different books that are interesting. And, and there's a party that's like, oh, I should say, yeah, that's so interesting. I'm going to, I should think about reading some of these, but I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. You know, yeah. Reality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, today we're, so we're recording this on February 13th and tomorrow is, is Valentine's day, February 14th, which is when this episode is coming out. So we thought we would, uh, do something, you know, topical. I think last year we did our episode on, on around Valentine's day on just mm-hmm. like people who might have painful experiences around this yeah. time of year. Who, yeah. It's not all flowers and roses and chocolate mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and this year we wanted to kind of stick with that. I mean, we're okay. We're a podcast about suffering. So, you know, <laughs> what else is suffering about Valentine's day, but like dating. Right. And so, yeah. um, we wanted to, to have a conversation about that. And, um, you know, Danica, uh, is married and has a baby on the way. So somehow has, has navigated the dating world successfully. Um, <laughs> but she's got some stories for us about how, how she got there. So that's why we brought her on. So Danica, mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to launch into telling us a little bit about who you are and kind of what your experiences have been in the, the dating world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So like Aaron said, I like I worked. I still work for Net Canada, but I had moved to Ottawa originally to work for Net Canada. And if you're not familiar with Ottawa, Ottawa is an awesome city to live in. If you're a young Catholic, there's just like so much community. Like there's so many young Catholic young adults that they don't all know each other. <laughs> they don't all know right. each other. Like it's so it's a really great place to be. There's a lot going on. There's um, it's the city where the Companions of the Cross have started and where there's um, both Net and CCO. So like lots of really good stuff going on. Um, Can I just pause for a second? So yeah. Net Net Ministries of Canada is like high, basically high school ministries for for your um, but sorry college age students serving high school students mm-hmm. basically yeah yeah young adults that volunteer their missionaries for a year and then they minister to like a grade six to grade 12 right yeah. and, and then, then cco school. is like the canadian focus basically yeah like catholic university christian ministry. outreach yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah. university <clears throat> evangelization yeah so ottawa a pretty hopping place to be if you're a young mm-hmm. catholic um and which should mean that as a young Catholic who's active in your faith, that there would be lots of opportunities to meet um, other young people who share your beliefs um, when it comes to dating. Uh, but that tended not to be the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I, I guess like before I had left originally, I like in 2011, 2015 was kind of when I was like in my early twenties. And I think that I can, most people would relate to this as a practicing young Catholic. The topic of your vocation is high on your mind. You know, Mm -hmm. that's a major life question that you want to, you want answered. Um, and so, uh, I was watching a lot of my friends meet people and get married. And I was like the single, I mean, I wasn't the only single person, but I was one of the few single people. And I just found like dating wasn't common. Like, I don't think I went on a single date the entire time I was living in Ottawa when I moved Mm -hmm. here in 2011 to when I left in 2015. And in around 2015, that was like the time when a lot of my friends were getting married and there was like definitely nothing on my radar. And so I kind of came to this realization that this is my one life to live. And there's no, even though I felt called to marriage, there was no guarantee that marriage was going to be on my plate. Like it could be a year from now. It could be five years from now. It could be 15 years from now. It could be never. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it takes mm-hmm. two to tango. And so uh, <laughs> I want it, but there has to be somebody else. And so I moved overseas and lived in Ireland for a couple of years. Um, and then, yeah, and spent some time traveling around and really pursued the, the, I felt, I feel, and I still feel very strongly about it, that, um, your singleness can't be a time of waiting. I think that I know a lot of mm. the people who are waiting to date and haven't met anyone and they very much 
like spend years and years and years just like waiting to meet somebody or waiting for their vocation. And they have all these dreams that they just kind of get left by the wayside because they're waiting for somebody to come into their life. And so I wanted that to be my story. (laughs) I wanted to like pursue the things I could and pursue dreams while I had the chance, because I knew I'm watching friends get married and have kids, you know, there's certain sacrifices that you have to make or, um, that things change and what you're able to do. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I knew that that was sort of my opportunity to like live my single life to the fullest. And that was where God had me then. So that must be like his will for me in that time. So then I moved back to Canada in 2017 and there was still this really great Catholic community. I got really involved with the young adult group at my parish. And I remember being at events and like 98% of people there were single. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the brunches, people would come to events and everyone was talking about the dating or like who they liked or, you know, all these things. And nobody was going on a single date. So mm-hmm. I started to get really frustrated about this. Um, and I mean, it definitely stemmed from my own personal frustration that like I wasn't going on dates, but I think it uh, expanded into realizing actually none of us are going on yeah, dates. Right. Right. Um, and so I uh, brought in something to my parish called the dating project. Um, so the dating project is a, oh, I don't know if we want to get to the dating project already. Do you want me to keep going into the dating well, we project? Can- Sure, sure. But I, I, well, okay. I have a question and then we can maybe get to the day and try to think. I'm wondering, because I think this phenomenon of like young Catholics being super into their faith and hanging out and doing all these things, but like not dating each other intentionally or whatever is, it seems to be common. I mean, I remember that in many places where I I didn't really start dating until my late twenties. And definitely that was my experience too. So what, what, why do you think that is? What do you, what are you, what's your take? Yeah. So I think like the number one thing is that we put way, way too much pressure on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause we all as Catholics have this, you know, in contrast to our world where hookup culture is kind of the, the main thing that everyone is into in our Catholic culture. If you're practicing your faith, you know, that dating is discernment for marriage, you know? And so we have this end goal in mind. Um, but the problem is that we like have that end goal. We think we need to reach that end goal way sooner than you actually do. Like mm, I right. think for me in my experience and having conversations with people in my community, like guys didn't want to ask girls on dates because they weren't really sure if they really liked that girl. And then if they thought that girl liked them more than they liked that girl, then like they would really ruin their friendship or like girls wouldn't go on dates with someone. Cause they're like, I don't know if I want to marry him. And I'm like, you've never even had coffee with him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was really, really prevalent. And, and I yeah. think it's common everywhere. Yeah. So sure. Yeah. I mean, that happened like, so when I, um, I used to work at the Newman Center in, in, um, Toronto at the University of Toronto. And I remember people doing that. Like there, I think there were a few couples who didn't actually tell anybody that they were dating because as soon as you tell somebody that you're even going out for coffee with somebody or something like that, then it's like, everybody is planning your wedding. Like, like, Oh my gosh, you guys are going to make such great babies. And look at how you're going to transform the world as a beautiful Catholic couple. Like hold on there, Tonto. It is not (laughs) like, you know, like, and it doesn't mean, I think sometimes maybe this is my impression anyways, is that sometimes people feel a pressure, a pressure because dating is like a discernment for marriage, that it should be like, that the discernment should be like intentional and very like, um, immediate, you know what I mean? That things in the relationship should like escalate to like, okay, we've been dating Mm -hmm. for three weeks. Let's talk about (laughs) setting an engagement date. Yeah. Which is a little bit crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also think that like it, so, oh my gosh, I just resonate with so much of what you're saying, but I, but another thing that I've noticed is people really struggle to just have even close friendships with mm. like, if you're single, it's like, you know, if a girl asks you for coffee, like it's not even necessarily a date. It's just like, Hey, let's just hang out. Like it's okay. It's actually right. okay. I just want to say this out there to the Catholic young adults saying like, guys, it's okay to go to coffee if you're a single guy and, and you're with a single girl. And it's, it's not, I mean, obviously at some point, if you're going to coffee every week, then you might want to think about, you know, if there's something else going on, but it's okay to go for a few coffees with other single people. If you're not actually, it's not necessarily a date. You're just going as friends. It's like a good, even it's even a good thing. It's a good way to spend time with someone and just get to know them with even less 
pressure because if you're following your faith, you're not trying to, I think this idea of like leading people on has like become like an obsessive thing. Mm -hmm. I don't, if I say this or if I, we do this or, you know, like I open the door for her or something like she's going to think I'm in love with her. Like, or, you know, like, I think we Mm -hmm. just have, we're just obsessed with like wanting to in quotes, like protect someone's heart or something. But I think I think it's just, it's gone like crazy, right? Like, and even the fear, like just the fear with everything. Like if something doesn't work, if you go for coffee once, or if you ask somebody out and they say no, then like disaster or something. Right. Well, I mean, we Mm. get really good at avoiding conflict, at avoiding anything uncomfortable, you know? So it's like, then those fears take a way higher precedence over actually the very real call that the Lord is asking us to be in relationship with other people in lots of different ways, you know, and it might be in a dating relationship with somebody, right. you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rachel, yeah. what you were saying, uh, I had a friend once who, uh, he would, he would come to me and specifically say like, Hey, can we go on a friend date? Right. Like he was just so clear in his attentions yeah. and it really took the pressure off me to be like, okay, he doesn't like me. I right. don't like him. Like we can just hang out and it can be totally no yeah. pressure. And yeah. that right. was actually really freeing. And I really appreciated that he did that. So I think more yeah. people should do that. Yeah. <laughs> if you're like, worried I love that. that there could that's be right. understanding, then just say it, you know? Then just yeah. say it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that that thing of communication like just like being open and and clear communication from the start is great. Like, do you want to go on a friend date? That's so easy. And then you just clear up all of the thing, or do you want to go on a date, a coffee date or whatever it is. Um, and, and just being open with where, Mm -hmm. where each person is at of like, yeah, let's, you know, I think you're cool. I don't know, whatever, or whatever, you know, like, I mean, I probably have more tips with this, but just like that we don't have to it feels like we have to be able to like read each other's minds and everything should be implicit. And there's some sort of unwritten things that we should all know, but there isn't. So maybe we can just say what we're actually thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I also think that like, you know, you, it's okay if something's a little bit messy too. Like, I think we're really afraid of things being messy. Like Mm -hmm. if you Mm -hmm. like, okay, let's say you want to ask someone for coffee though. And you don't know if you're interested in them more than that. You're just like, Oh, they are cool. And you don't know if you want to shut that door or if you want to open it, like a good way to figure that out is like to spend more time with them, but like, think about it, be intentional. But I think Mm -hmm. that we're just afraid of things not being, um, easy, like things being messy, you know? And I think I've realized me as a single person, like growing older as a single person, just been like, okay, it's not that big of a deal. Like you don't, I think there's a way of protecting your heart that isn't like, well, I can only protect my heart if, you know, I know this and you know this and all the variables and everything's in Mm. place. Like, no, you can be in relationship with somebody and not be organic and be discerning as you're going without it being like, Great. I think the word pressure, which you brought up Tanika earlier was like, I think we could just take that off the table a little bit mm-hmm. and just be like, well, okay, this is a human being, you know, it's a person and I don't have to overanalyze absolutely everything. I can just spend some time with them and mm-hmm. then pray about that if I need to, but like, it doesn't have to be so complicated and it can be a little bit messy. That's okay. Like we can yeah. handle it. Like we're more robust. Yeah. than we give ourselves credit for, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. It's going to be okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, what Aaron, what you were saying about like, uh, not wanting to like ruin, there's a lot of fear involved. I remember very mm-hmm. specifically having a conversation with a friend where he was like, well, I don't want to ask her out because, uh, she's like, and then if it doesn't work out, then mm-hmm. like our friendship is going to be ruined. And I'm like, well, one, you don't know, it's not going to work out. And two, like kind of what you're saying, Rachel is like, we need to allow room for that mess. And we actually, yeah. and if it's, if that's going to ruin your friendship, then you need mm. to take a look at like your own maturity and yeah. you need to trust in the maturity of the other person. Mm. And if for either person, if that is going to ruin a friendship, maybe you need to think about why. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah that's no, right. I think a good that's point. really wise. I think that's really wise. I'm thinking of, um, I'm trying to, I didn't ask permission to tell this person's story. So I'm trying to think of how to tell it without <laughs> anyways, but some, someone that I know, there, you know, somebody they, whose name <laughs> is M keys. No, no, that's too obvious. Michael K. <laughs> sorry. Just for everybody. That's not a real person. I just made up that name. I'm sorry. If your name is Michael keys. 
<laughs> Michael Keys is somewhere um, being like, oh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> what? And then I'll tell the story and I'll be like, what? No, yes. <laughs> it um, but no, I, I know someone who, who dated somebody in, you know, in their Catholic community and they were friends before and then it, it did not work out and it was, a, it was like difficult and hard, but they both still lived in the same community and had all the same friends. And so they had, they saw each other and they both did the mature thing of like, they just were like, okay, this is the reality. And it was like awkward for a while. And now they're just like friends again. And it's, it's fine, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think me witnessing that, and this is not, this is not, this is somebody in their like early twenties who successfully navigated this. And it just hit me like, oh, we could, we can do that. I think so many people are in the, you know, especially if they're in a tight knit Christian community, Catholic community, whatever it is, or even just like university or whatever, whatever the circles are that you don't want to date someone in your circle because yeah, exactly. What if it ends badly? And then, um, and then it's awkward and sure that can happen for sure. Um, but that doesn't, but maybe it actually can be navigable. Like maybe there can actually be ways to work through, persist through the awkwardness and come back to something that's good. Right. That, that people actually do that. And Um, my, my sister had said to me one time, like, you know, sometimes bad breakups, like not bad as in like nothing sinful, but like, but like hard, like hurtful, deep kind of like rifts that in relationship, like they're God uses them. Sometimes like there are moments where like there's massive spiritual growth that God is, is working through. So it's like, you know, I mean, that, yeah, it's not even just like this bad thing. And you have to like, sometimes that bad, hard thing is, is actually going to bring you to a greater conversion or like yeah, a right. relationship with God or someone else, you know, who knows? So, so like we keep talking about pressure and I feel like that's such a good thing. Right. And I, they did, I think they watched the dating project and I think they might've done a dating assignment at St. Mike's university in, in Toronto while I was mm. there. Cause I remember people talking about it. So I'm definitely like, I want to hear about what that was like for you, Danica. Cause the, like yeah. what it looks like when you take that pressure off a bit. Yeah. So yeah. So the story was I had heard about the dating project. There's another like ministry in the States. I don't know a lot about them. They're called the culture project. Um, and they, anyways, I saw them advertising the dating project at one point. And so then when I was starting to get frustrated about our dating culture, I thought about this film and I wanted to do something to change the dating culture in our city. Um, and so we brought it to our parish and we, um, streamed it for, uh, like the young adults and we actually had 75 young adults show up and most wow. of them were not necessarily the regulars of our group. Like we had people from like young college age. Like, I think we even had the oldest of someone came was probably around like late thirties, early forties. Mm. It came. Um, so we had a wide variety of people come, um, a wide variety of faith and like varying levels of faith. And yeah, so basically the film is a documentary film. It's not explicitly Catholic, but it's made by Catholic like makers. And, uh, it follows a professor at Boston college who, um, well, okay. I'm going to talk about her second, but it also follows five single people between, uh, the ages of 20 and 40 and talking about their experiences dating in today's world. And so there's a couple of them are in college. One of them is close to 40. One of them is in her mid twenties and one of them is in her late thirties. And they're kind of all over the United States. Um, and then it also follows this professor. Her name is professor Carrie Cronin, and she's a professor at Boston college. Mm-hmm. And she had an experience where um, one year she went out for ice cream with some of her students, her fourth year students, and she had been journeying with them throughout their entire college, like, life and found out that at this ice cream date that no one in um or only one of her students had been what she would classify as a traditional date in their entire university like career Mm. so she started to be like what what's this phenomenon she started looking into it and researching it and now she runs a class which is a really sought after class where the main assignment in her class in a university level class is to ask someone on a date and you have to ask someone on a date in order to get the credit for the class and then she also gives a guest lecture like once or twice a year and it's like standing room only like thousands of students show up to this lecture Mm. uh, talk about dating and so yeah so we streamed it at our church and uh they cover like all sorts of things that we would um I guess topics that are relevant to uh us now like in our dating life so like hookup culture like the prevalence of pornography like Mm. all sorts of um all sorts of topics like 
yeah, that you would encounter in today's world. Um, and Professor Conan, her main thing that really stuck out to me is that our generation has lost the script when it comes to dating. Mm-hmm. Like we don't actually even know how to date. It's like, yeah, we don't go on dates, but we've never really been taught. We don't know how, like, that's not what we see. You know, you might watch some older movies where you kind of watch, but it's like from the 1950s. You know, your yeah. grandparents. Say, Jen, would you like to take a spin yeah. over to the ice cream parlor yeah. with me? Yeah. yeah, but like, we don't know how to do that in today's in today's world. And so yeah. um, basically in her class and in her lecture, she um, breaks dating down into like chewable steps. Mm. <laughs> and so she uh, has like, she has different levels. So she's like level one, level two, and level three. So she talks about level one dating is like, yeah, you go out for a date or you go for coffee with someone. You can like be going on multiple dates with multiple different people. It's not exclusive. You're just kind of getting to know someone and you're probably only going to stay at level one for like one to three dates. If after three dates, you don't really know whether what you want to go deeper or not, maybe it's a sign you don't want to go further with that person. Mm. And then level two is when you're kind of, you're more exclusive in level two. Uh, You're kind of going deeper, getting to know that person personally, kind of learning their values. And then level three is when you're very committed to each other and you're, you're, you know, learning some of the deeper parts and really truly discerning with that other person. Um, And then in her class, she issues something called the dating assignment or the dating challenge. And so um, all the students in the class have to ask someone on a date and there's several rules. So like one of the rules is the date can be no longer than 60 to 90 minutes, um, no physical touch, maybe like an A-frame hug, (laughs) no physical touch, you know? Um, Because in today's hookup culture, the first thing you do is like make out with someone, you know? And so it's like, none of that. Um, She said, don't spend more than $10. Uh, You have to ask the person in person. Once you've been given... Like once you've been given the challenge and once you ask someone out, like go on the date within like one to three days, tell another person to keep you accountable that you're going to do it. And, um, mm-hmm. that can like follow up with you on it. And there was a few other rules, which I can't remember off the top of my head, but the, Oh, no alcohol was one of them. Like mm-hmm. stay with mm-hmm. alcohol. Um, yeah. So, and then she meets with her students after they ask someone on a date to like discuss, um, she meets with them one-on-one and she discusses their experience and some of them go further and actually go on the date. Some people say no, but obviously we can't control the actions of other people. So you, as long as the right. students ask somebody, mm-hmm. they would get credit for that course. So, <laughs> so at the end of us screening it, we issued the challenge to everyone that was there so <laughs> and we great. printed off all the rules. We did find that $10 in Canada doesn't yeah. go as far as $10 yeah, in the States. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if we were to do it again, I would like, you know, probably up it to like 15 or something like that. Cause to get yeah. you know, two lattes at Starbucks, more than $10. You know? Right. right. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's what happened. And it was, uh, it was quite fun and quite interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and what, what were people, oh, go for what, it. yeah. What did people, what were people's reactions? I don't know. What kind of feedback yeah. did you get after the event? So one of the things I found interesting was I actually got a lot of backlash before we had the event because mm-hmm. I had done quite a bit of promotion to try and get the word out there to mm-hmm. people that we were having this and try to, to get it outside of just the normal circle of young right. girls who come to my parish. Um, and like, I had people being like, you're just trying to set us up. Like I had someone on my own, like volunteer team who didn't want to come mm, <laughs> to man. me. I'm like, if we can't even talk about dating, yeah, wow. then that reveals that there's an issue with dating. In yeah. culture. You know, if we right. can't talk about dating without feeling the pressure to yeah. get married, then that, that, that right there. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, wow. so, but I think that the fact that we had so many people come really revealed that it was a topic of interest to a lot of people. Um, and even whether people didn't want to admit it or not, they, Mm. you know, still showed up at the event and watched the film. Um, and mm, quite a few people actually took up the challenge and and tried it. So, uh, Mm. yeah, people had mixed, mixed feelings about whether or not they would do it, but I think the fruit in general moving away from there, because after that point, the, within a year after that point, a lot of those young adults who were single, no longer single. (laughs) So Mm. yeah. yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. And what was your experience of that? Like after seeing the thing and doing the challenge, like, did you ask somebody out? I'm also curious whether people have, especially in kind of like Catholic circles of whether it should be the guy who's asking people out or the girl Mm -hmm. who's asking people out or like what that looked like. Yeah. So, I mean, in her class, obviously, regardless of your gender, you're asking, you have to ask someone out on a date and, uh, we gave it to everyone. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I don't know. 
I don't know how many girls actually took up the challenge, but I knew a lot of men who took up the challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, So I got asked on two dates by two different people, and one of them being my now husband. (laughs) So uh, it turned out well for me. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That worked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And yeah, it was good. Like the other guy that I went on a date with, like he's still in my community. It like didn't go any further, but you know, that was fine. We went for coffee, got to know each other, and neither of us really wanted to go like further than that. And Mm-hmm. right yeah, it's fine just like we talked about before we can still be friends and that's right be in this community and it yeah. wasn't awkward and all, all that stuff so I think most people a lot of people I know who did end up going on dates had similar experiences realizing like okay yeah like that was great good experience like wasn't bad going for coffee with somebody like kind of taking right. to go on a date with somebody um and then didn't necessarily go anywhere after that but the fact that you got out of your shell to ask someone or that you took the risk to go on that date with that person. Um, I think that was a huge step forward for our community anyways. So Mm -hmm. that's so cool. Yeah. I think sometimes, you know, the other, the other problem with the whole vocation and discernment conversation is there's a lot of waiting to use kind of that, the word that you just used about being, and it's not just like waiting, like, oh, I don't know my vocation is like waiting for something to happen to you without any kind of participation or like, Mm. like, like you have to go out of your comfort, like in discernment in general, you have to go out of your comfort zone in different ways. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to ask people out on dates, but it's sort of like asking God, like, well, what am I supposed to do? Like, there are things that God wants us to do to be active on our side of things in any discernment, right? Like in, if you're discerning anything, if you're discerning a job, if you're discerning anything, it's not like you just sit there and pray about it and right. everything just appears in mm-hmm. front of you. Like you have to do things too. So I think, you know, I think it's like getting out of that mindset too, which is exercising that faculty of being like, oh yeah, I, this is something that I can do. That's not the end. It's not like the last step. It's the, it's a first step. And normally first steps are low pressure and not a big deal. And I think we just missed, you know, those three levels that you're talking about that she says, like, I feel like everyone a lot level of three have, right away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Straight yeah. to level three. Like there's no, they which didn't is, know, you know, about which is no wonder that's, that's terrifying. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. No wonder, no wonder there's anxiety about that. it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Even yeah. the concept of dating multiple people at the same time, yeah. like going to like, that's very foreign to our concept of date. Even, I mean, I'm older than all of you. And that still is like, I, even when I was in high school or whatever. Yeah. When I was in high school, it would not have been like, nobody was dating multiple people at the same time. It was like, if you start dating somebody, it's because you're dating that person. You're basically exclusive. And that's the only option is if you start dating somebody, you only date that one person, which is, yeah, which is very like that. If you really think about it, that's a huge transition from from previous cultures, you know? Yeah. Well, in high school, it might make more sense because you're around these people. Like, you know, you know, that person, maybe I'm not like maybe grade nine day one and someone asks you out and then you're in an exclusive relationship. Maybe that doesn't apply, but like, you know, if you're, you're in second, third year of high school, like 11, 12 or whatever, you've been with school in school with these people for a while. So you know them like the difference with the level one dating, I think is like, so you're asking a stranger out basically sometimes like, you don't, you're just attracted to them. You don't know this person. Like, how can you expect them to be like, well, let's be, you know, let's be exclusive today. It's like, that's great. That's crazy. That is a crazy thing. Like that would be creepy. You know, like if Mm. I didn't know, I've only seen them like twice at a ministry thing. And they were like, well, do you want to be my girlfriend? It'd be like, well, I don't know you like at all, you know? And so I think it's unfair. We really got ourselves into this like pocket of fear, I think, where there's just impossible, unfair expectations that just, they were impossible to navigate. And so dating just shut down. I mean, I think that, yeah, (laughs) I I have one question. I wonder what you think of this. I'm, you know, I mean, I totally agree. (laughs) We're all like, yes, dating. Good. That's everyone should do it. This is great. Um, and, and then like, here's a structure for it. Here is, here's kind of a plan, right? Um, Sometimes I wonder, can it swing the opposite way? Can dating become too formulaic if people are, mm. have like found this structure and now, okay, this is exactly how to do it. Um, because I can think of I, the relationship I'm, I'm currently in, I guess like didn't quite follow that formula. It was, it had its own path. And so, um, yeah, just, I wonder if you have any thoughts on that. 
Yeah, <clears throat> I, like, I haven't found anyone who's kind of known about this structure to get too rigid about it. Mm. Um, kind of like what you were saying, there is like a certain natural element, like, okay, you know this structure, therefore it helps take some of the pressure off. But if right. you are ready, like after your first date to like, you're like, no, I definitely like this person. Like we're going to like become go switch to level two right away, but not even putting those kind of labels on it. Mm-hmm. Um, then I mean, that's fine. You know, I think it, it matters <clears throat> on your own maturity and your own, like letting things progress naturally and not rigidly naturally without all the high pressure. That yeah. If you know what I mean? But yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I think yeah. that's helpful where the structure gives, takes the pressure off so that things can progress naturally because previously Mm -hmm. maybe nothing might've been happening. Mm -hmm. One of the things I thought of when you were talking about Rachel was you're talking about like, um, like being active in certain ways or doing things. And Erin, you mentioned like the difference between like, how do people feel about women asking men on dates? Like like for me, I wasn't totally comfortable in asking a guy out on a date and lucky for me, I got asked out on two dates. I didn't really have to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I know a lot of women who, like advice I would give is okay even if you don't feel comfortable asking someone on a date are you making yourself available to be asked right like are you only hanging out with the same people all the time or are you going to other events where there's new people and are you like trying to meet new people in other places I think that's a way Mm -hmm. that if you're not comfortable asking someone you can certainly also help the process you know that that really resonates with me I feel like for, for myself, it was like when I was 28, where all of a sudden I was like, shoot, like I'm 28 and I have basically not dated hardly my whole life. Um, so I need to change something. And I had a friend who challenged me. She was like, she, you know, she, she knew she was like, Nicole, everything that you ever pursued academically, like you have worked for that and pursued it and you are doing nothing for your dating life. So do you see the, you know, and it, and it clicked for me. Um, but I also was very, you know, there was a lot of anxiety for me around dating and vocation. And so that, that I, I wasn't in a place to kind of ask someone out, but what I did do was I started going out and hanging out with different people. And I, I think like even my, I, without realizing it, I think because I had my attitude towards dating previously was, well, I'm just going to continue on my life. And if God like parachute someone into my life, then I will date them where it became now. Okay. I'm going to, and so I was, I think I was closed off without even realizing it and giving off like closed off vibes and body language Mm -hmm. probably. Mm. And when I switched, when I kind of was more open and more just like talking to people and being myself, I started getting asked out more, um, which was surprising to me. I was like, that's all it had to do. Like, I just had to like decide that I wanted to date and act like I want to date. And then Mm. all of a sudden everything changes so yeah so I think that really resonates yeah. too can I, I just oh, oh sorry you go for oh, <laughs> I was just gonna say I think it's also good to say even for people who might not be sure that their vocation is to to marriage like I remember when I was discerning um religious life and my and it seemed like all the doors were shutting in that area and then my spiritual director was like okay here's what I want you to do I want you to go out to a place where there are young adult men that you know are single I want you to put on makeup I want you to do your hair and dress nice and this is my opus day spiritual director <laughs> telling me these things. So I put in my contacts, I put on my makeup, I put on my nice clothes. And then honest, I swear to you for the two times that I went, it was to an adoration night. So, you know, all the guys there, they're sitting adoring Jesus. They're like quality men, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And none of the single guys were there. And I know that they, like, they're usually there, like the same guys every time, you know? Mm none of them were there either time I went. And so for me, I was like, Oh, good Lord. I don't actually have to keep that door open. Cause I don't feel like that's the vocation that I'm called to. So that right. was great. But it was like, it was also really helpful to let the, the Lord, like, I know for me, it was important to have him shut the doors of the vocations mm-hmm. that I was not called to. So I think sometimes that can be a two, like, even if they're, we're putting ourselves out there for people who are maybe asking people out on dates or trying that, like if the Lord wants to direct you in another way, like he can he also use that yeah, to yeah. to show you right. like this is not where I'm calling you to be you know which can be a really important step for for discernment right or anything. Yeah. right and I, I right. what you were saying too Nicole there's a couple of thoughts that I had which is 
I do have friends, like I have friends who are now married where the woman made the first move, you know, or like had like, like the guy didn't even wasn't thinking about her in that way, but she had sort of just could see it and he could, he wasn't there yet and shared that with him, you know, and that has led to marriages and stuff like that. So I think I just, I also feel like it's totally okay if you're not as a woman comfortable with that. Don't, don't push yourself to do something you're not comfortable with. But if you are comfortable with it as a Catholic woman, that's okay too. Like you yeah. are allowed to ask men on dates sure. or, you know, yeah. take an initiative. And I, guess, I don't know. That's a catechism, <laughs> Rachel. Come that's on. Quite liberal. I know. And well, and then the other thing I want to say is like, if some, if a woman asks the guy out on the, cause I feel like I need to say this, like it doesn't necessarily mean that she's in love with you or like that. It's like, you know, right. it's not a bigger deal for a woman to ask a guy out in terms right. of her investment in that situation than it would be for the guy, you know, this like level one kind of date. So it's like, it's like, I think reading situations for what they are and not, yeah. putting, not putting like um, cookie cutter sort of this, if this, <sighs> then this on a situation, just take it for what it actually is in yeah. that moment and, and get better at that. I feel like that's a skill that we have to develop in, re- in like the romantic relationship area of Catholic life is like, mm-hmm. you know, a person is not a label or like formulaic. There's, there's, um, you have to pay attention to what they're actually saying and respond from your authentic being and not respond with kind of a formula, you know, and you don't have, and it's okay. So I think, yeah. And the other thing I thought was, um, with, with, uh, dating and dressing up and all this kind of stuff. It it's hard, I think. And maybe Denise can, I don't know if you can speak to this. It's hard when you're single. Cause I've had this experience and a lot of your friends didn't have to do it. Like they didn't have to do all this hard work and all this crazy mm. stuff. Like the guy did just fall in their lap. And like, that happens to people all around you. And you're like, well, did you feel that? And like, how did you deal? How did you deal with that? Because I, sometimes I feel like that with the Lord. I'm like, you know, I get it. It's important to work and to do the things but like how come, but come I on to do- yeah like yeah. what happened but what you make it so easy for everyone else so yeah, like all these other people that I know it was so easy for them like did you feel that and like how did you deal with that <laughs> yeah so I definitely felt that because like so I met so Matthew is my husband and I met him when I was 29 mm-hmm. um and so like most of my friends have been married at like 23, 24, 25, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I definitely felt that, but I feel like I can only answer that question in hindsight. I think like in yeah. the moment there, it feels like there's no answer. Like I, I remember having like a little minor breakdown and crying about this exact thing yeah, about yeah. three weeks before I met my husband, you know? Nice. And so <laughs> I think in hindsight now I'm like, Oh, this was the perfect story for me. He's yeah. the perfect person for me. This is the exact time that this needed to happen. And yeah, while part of me obviously wanted to get married at a younger age, like I would never switch my story up now for nothing, you know? Right. Um, now I also think like, I remember being single and having Having people tell me that and it just comes across as so patronizing. Oh, oh, gosh, oh yeah. yeah. And so I would never like I don't there's like a time and a place yeah, and yeah. Way to say it, you know. That's yeah. like the um, former single person's way of saying offer it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 yeah but I think it's, it's like so... a real balance of learning to like, okay, trust God and embrace your own state in life and also be okay with that ache that is there, yeah. you know, and like the ache knowing that like I actually can't change this. <laughs> you know, there's nothing mm, I might right. be doing all the right things. I'm putting myself out there or like, you know, on the Catholic dating apps and nothing's really happening. Like there is a level of just learning to like, Im- I guess, like embrace the suffering that you're in and embrace the ache while also embracing like your advantages of being single and yeah. the trusting that the Lord knows what he's doing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, amen. That's, ex- yep. <laughs> that's yeah, good. That's good. That. I was, that's a good way to end us off. Cause I, I was yeah. just thinking, you know, we've all been like rah, rah, rah dating the whole time. And there, there might be folks listening who are like, yeah, but I'm trying, like that's right. I'm doing everything actually, you know? Yeah, and so yeah. I think that's a really a good place to come back to is just, yeah, good. Be active. Yeah but like allow yourself to feel that ache and then yeah, trust okay. in the Lord. And it's like, also, it's just like, yeah, it is tough. It is it tough. Is. To be. Also, oh if you gosh. need to eat ice cream by yourself, <laughs> yeah, by watching YouTube videos, you just you <laughs> do that, you know? And like, 
I also want to say, cause I think all of us in this situation have dealt this, like, it's not your fault. Sometimes you think, mm, well, am I yeah. doing, am I just, what, am, what do I have to change? And what, and it's like, if I just do this maybe, but it's not necessarily anything like that. Like you have to be proactive because that's an act of trust in God, but mm. it's not, um, a sign of lack in mm-hmm. you, like you have some kind of specific thing that's wrong with you. And that's why it's not, right. which is funny. I had a friend one time who was like, you know what? I just keep telling myself, I, like, I see these people who have gotten married and they are weird. Like they are weirdos. <laughs> and I keep telling myself if God can find them a mate, he can do the same for me. <laughs> I love that. That is so amazing. amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Which is great. You know? Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's a right. good perspective. Yeah. 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 It is good. That's right. <laughs> Uh, oh, Danica, thank you very much you. for um, for speaking with us today. I think this was really a rich conversation. So really appreciate yeah. that. Thanks for having and, me on. I'm really passionate yeah. about this topic. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was great chatting with you guys. So yeah, absolutely. I'm excited awesome. for people to look it up. We did put just so everybody knows in the uh, bio in our Instagram thing, I put the trailer for the dating project. Um, if anybody wants it to watch it. And also, I just want to say, like, that's so amazing of you to be like, well, the dating culture in my community sucks, so I'm going to change it. I know. I think that's just so freaking awesome. Like, it's just so cool. Like, not a lot of people just, you know, roll up their sleeves and like, well, I don't like this. So I'm actually going to like do something that's like right. not even just for yourself, for other people about Amen. it. I just think that's amazing. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you 100%. got a husband. So that's yeah, great. That's right. <laughs> and a little bit. Eh? Yeah. Bonus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yay. Well, well, um, before we close, Aaron, you want to share your God wing for the day? Yes. So I have a God wink. Um, I went to Toronto this past week because there was a like a colloquium thing at the seminary that they invited me to come for to present like thesis stuff from what I'd written last year, which was really fun. But by the time it got to be like colloquium day, I'd already been in Toronto for a day and a half and I was like so tired. I was like, like just kind of coasting. And then I did the presentation and whatever. But the funny thing was, is that I was literally the only woman in a whole seminary full of guys and priests like seminarians like actually the only woman which was like so like prayer like mass um in the morning was like all of these guys voices and I was trying not to be too loud because I was like I don't want them to be like what is what is happening who is that intruder in the thing and then but also it was like It was like the Lord used absolutely every moment of that time to just be so fatherly to me through Mm. his fathers there. Like Mm. one of the priests came and he carried a pitcher of water to my room. And another one of the priests came up and was like, can I get you something to drink after I did my presentation? And they were all asking. And like the seminarians are asking, how are you? And like, you know, anyways, it's so beautiful. And the kicker to that is I went in there and I opened the room because they had a room there that I could stay at the seminary for the night. I opened the room and I was like, where's the bed? Because it was just like a desk and couches. And then there was a whole other room off to the side with this like beautiful bed, a whole other bath. Anyways, it's the Cardinal suite. I got to stay in the Cardinal suite at the seminary. So anyway, it was just like the Lord the whole time in every aspect being like, okay, just relax a little bit. Just relax. Good. I'm looking after you. Yeah. Which was great. That's beautiful. That is good. Mm -hmm. Oh, that is good. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks, Erin. Well, thanks, everybody. And thank you to our listeners. Thanks for joining in today. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And if you've got, you know, a dating story to share with us or something, you know, feel free to send us an email or Instagram message or or anything like that. Do a story or something and tag us in it if you have a funny dating story. Oh, yeah. We will will empathize with you. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Maybe mock you as, no, just kidding. Nobody's mocking There is an Instagram page called Catholic Dating Nightmares. Yes. That oh, that's you should awesome. follow. That it's fun. really good. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. All right. Yes, with that. Yes, yes. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good God week. Bless God bless you guys. God bless. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for joining us for this episode of In the Thicket. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and hit that subscribe button. We have new episodes every Monday with more stories and honest conversations about life when the going gets rough and the hope and humor amidst it all. We'd love for you to join our community on Instagram and Facebook at In the Thicket Podcast. While you're there, let us know how we can pray for you. God bless and see you next week.